literally just three minutes where I talk about some rocks. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools. So we did it like normally then and didn't fuck around. (sighs) Fuck's sakes. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the unknown unfortunate. I definitely didn't nearly forget it. Uh, Gentlemen, how are we here? How is everyone? Al, how are you with your funny face? It's one of the other one, it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I am a fully qualified, I don't even know if that's the correct term, uh, first aid, first responder. Oh, hey! Oh, wow! Uh, congrats! So I did a, a course on Saturday. Um, yeah, basically learning everything you need to learn. Um, I think it was. You're quite basically specific. a doctor now. I'm I'm, I'm a surgeon. I'm yeah. a brain, it's it's. I mean, it's not exactly rocket science. Um, I mean, if more you can do it, anyone can. Yeah, well, true. Um, uh, I think it's quite specifically scout based because there was lots of dealing with hypothermia, dealing with broken limbs. You know. Yeah. And, um, so, yeah, I can I can help you, can you survive. Fix, you can things. fix a scout. Yeah, I mean CPR, you know, yeah. blood poisoning, diabetes, asthma attacks, everything like that. Everything of your basic sort of uh, Saint John's ambulance, yeah, first aid course. Um, I've now got a certificate. That says, Dude, on my that's lap. so cool. I can I can touch your kids. Um, hey, And then speaking of um, this week. I decided to introduce the kids to the um, destitute world of woodworking um, and kind of opted for every child's favorite useless woodworking project, a bird bow, a bird house, a bird box, whichever you want to look at. Um, And just knowing my group, there was no way I was going to get them to design, cut, build and finish a wood. Uh, anything basically yeah. <laughs> in in 75 minutes that we have as a scout yeah. session i don't think so, i could do it in 75 minutes so what i instead did was build 12 bird box kits um, Nice, all cut prepped yeah. drilled countersunk uh everything they needed screws yeah. a little bit of leather flap for the lid you know everything Ooh, all, all bundled up yeah it's nice um and then went in and basically didn't say a word just went in, dumped these down on the table. I was like, right, get on with it. I was like, what is nice. it? What are we doing? I was like, what does it look like we're doing? Uh, making one of these. What are we making? Not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically it was like no instructions, you know, gave them all, gave them all just a hand screwdriver. I'd yeah. waxed, I'd waxed all the screws and stuff. So they did go in easily. Um, yeah. Crack on with it. And it was like, you know, they were just like, didn't know what to do. Yeah. None of them have ever done anything like that before. Yeah. Um, you know, a few of them were just running around with the screwdrivers trying to, have to shiv each other. For the first <laughs> um, and then one of them was like, oh, is it a bird box? Because they obviously saw the front <laughs> yeah, panel yeah. with the little hole in. It's like, yeah, yeah. It, I, I don't know. Is it a bird box? You tell me. <laughs> um, and then, but basically what I'd done is I designed it in a way that it could be assembled in any order. Yeah. So you basically couldn't fuck it up. If you worked out that the countersink screws went in the countersink side, I was going to say, yeah, that, that that alone means that you can fuck it up. Yeah, well, obviously they tried to fuck it up. Um, <laughs> but essentially it was idiot-proof. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, there was, there, was, there, was, there, was, there was no whinging. There was no, 
I don't want to do this. There's no, can we do something else? There's no, I'm yeah. bored, which is every week I fucking get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just got on with it. Nice. And even though it was idiot proof, still some of them still managed to somehow force parts into bits of words. And then they come back to me and go, why is mine wonky? <laughs> Probably because you weren't supposed to do that, but I, yeah. I give you, uh, you know, bonus points for, for brute force. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they got it done. Uh, we even got to a stage where they're like, painting them and, and staining them at the end nice. um, until we realized one of the stains was like super, super high organic, volatile organic compounds and was just stinking <laughs> out of the place. Like, I don't think we should be using this. Um, not without PPA anyway. Um, yeah, but it's great. But it, what, what I loved about it was just giving them something that they'd never done before and not telling them what it was. Yeah. And that being a driver for sort of um, motivation and, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, engagement instead of just pedestrian. Yeah, yeah. So... First aid training, and then thankfully not having to use my first aid training <laughs> because we did woodworking. Purely coincidentally, Cubs before were also doing woodworking, but they were just hammering nails in to make like a letter. You know, you like, oh, yeah. you stretch out. And one of them did smash themselves with a hammer. So I was like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> not on my watch. Yeah. <laughs> You're not one of mine. I don't care. <laughs> Keep brilliant, man. No, that okay. sounds like a fucking ace week. Mm. Um, Brett, what about you? What exciting things have you been up to this week? Exciting, maybe a relative term. Um, I am excited that my bathroom is very close to being finished. Um, did the lime plastering? Talked about that. I know. Uh, did the grout work finally on the tile? And you know, having never done it before, I it's it's not perfect uh, in terms of like the grade and all the water running down, but. I did officially yesterday turn on the shower head. Hey. And although there may be a couple of spots that aren't quite angled the way that they need to be, there were no issues and it definitely drained just fine. The lime plaster on the walls still continues to look great and functioned properly yesterday with not letting anything like it beads up, you know, mm. but it it just I don't know, runs away or it's just so dry out here that five does, minutes. Does it go after, like like it's super dark when it gets wet does it like like absorb water is it like purely just reflect no it's it's because of all these ceiling steps you have to do right Uh, like after you put the plastering down and you're meant to make it very non-porous then you go back with like a soap finish two times and then a wax finish two times whatever so um i'm still not 100 percent sure like what the whole draw is to the line plastering thing, aside mm. from the aesthetics, like, yeah. I think it looks yeah. beautiful, but yeah, yeah. just based on the, the workload that went into it, that was, was a bit taxing. I'm very happy with it. That said, I just, uh, I was talking to Alex yesterday and he was just like, what's the whole point? Like why line plaster over something else? And I was like, I don't know the answer to that, <laughs> uh, but it looks really pretty. So I've got a few odds and ends to do. Um, I'm over at the cabin right now to, take some measurements and then I have to scrub and prep some things and then let them kind of cure up or not cure up, but dry out overnight. Cause I'm doing some muriatic acid on the concrete floor so I can prep it to do a sealer on it. You got to let that sit for 24 hours. And this is genuinely just like every time I make a little bit of movement, knowing what I need to do next. Yeah. There's cure time involved, which with like woodworking and glue, I get it. Metalwork welding is so fast you know i'm used to doing these projects that are just like yeah and then you go to the next step yeah and then you go to the next step uh the whole waiting for 
silicone to cure up or you know latex sealer yeah. to cure up i don't know it's been a bit weird but it looks great and i'm really only a few steps from uh finishing up on that and then i should be able to move out to the kitchen which i've already told you guys i made a little bit of progress on i don't know if you guys saw the little plate cover that's like small details but i i hate all the plastic white plastic covers on everything so i ordered the metal ones and then by happenstance realized that if you try and order brass ones not only do i not like the way that they look because they're usually like a high polish yeah um even the detailing of them isn't nice. It's like tacky no. brass detail. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Steve, blacksmithing technique 101. <laughs> I brassed some stainless steel and they look great. And it took 30 seconds in the forge, you know. Um, so there's there's already a little bit of like scale texture on it. And then you brass over it. And it just yeah. immediately looks great. And, and it's a big visual upgrade. So I've got lots of those little bits to do in terms of just upgrading. Little upgrading some of the the visual aesthetic of things nice um but yeah i've been still making good progress i feel like just uh trying to balance everything else out and then obviously realizing that it's been a month since i've posted a video on the main channel i'm like what the fuck am i gonna do next oh yeah i kind of don't care about that right now because i'm focusing on another thing so still feeling good about my yeah general mood and approach to things i'm focusing on priorities uh stuff that will make me feel better livable space wise and yeah not worrying so much about putting up with the man nice good stuff bud steve i do want to know what you've been up to uh you get to talk about any secret corner stuff um so this week has been or the last like week i know more about the secrets busy uh yeah we've had uh some fun meetings um uh and we now have two of the three uh hosts for the new channel all locked down and sorted and a third one i have a feeling maybe on the way maybe even later tonight uh they might agree to uh to help us out and do a little bit with us um but yeah uh, it's it's all actually happening now so uh, we've ordered the all the camera equipment. Um, the first bundle of it turned up yesterday, so the, today is Tuesday. Um, so yeah, yesterday I got to open a whole bunch of packages and things and get all excited, um, and then find out that Al hadn't actually ordered the uh, items that I sent because he he forgot basically. Uh, so then we had to like find a different version of it because the one that I sent him had been sold. So. Yeah, different secondhand camera, but that's now on the way as well. Uh, lens is on the way. Everything is good. Very exciting. Um, and yeah, and so one of the one of the things that uh, happened was um, one of the hosts that's going to be on the channel. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about it until we're a little bit further down the road, but we're we're basically planning on launching it probably the end of March. Um, so it's not long to to go now. Um, we're going to be doing the first batch of filming in February um, in like three weeks time, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, the, so the first host that we actually spoke to um, came down, we had a nice chat. Uh, they have experience in that field. They've uh, they've done a lot of TV work and stuff like that. Um, and it, that was really, really good because I'm kind of going into this um, a little bit blind because it's, it's not 
um it's not the kind of stuff that i'm used to filming it's not the kind of stuff that i'm used to doing so it's it's very much going to be learning on the job as it were um so it's really good having them on board because i say with their experience there was already a couple of bits where it's like well actually we could do it like this and actually we could do it like that and best of all is the fact that they kind of backed me up on some of the stuff that i was saying to al about the fact that actually we yes it would be great to do it like that but realistically with the equipment we have we can't um mm -hmm. so we're already looking at um not actually how how quickly we can uh expand the equipment but like if there's ways that we can get other investment um into that channel um but also with the new camera and with the kind of reinvigoration of uh the whole youtube stuff for um for us uh we're going to be doing some more stuff on the forge channel as well um which is super cool and exciting uh and even if it's just literally just a case of not even um like a specific project or anything like that literally just us having a bit of fun and mucking around um mm -hmm. and just getting some nice kind of glamour shots just like 15 second clips that we can chuck on instagram and things like mm -hmm. that um so yeah it's 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 good it's exciting there's lots of lots of fun things happening um it's yeah, really good because you you basically became the forge's videographer director editor stuff yeah and now there's a huge amount of investment going into it because it was received so well that is yeah super good yeah well th this is the thing is so we we've um we've had a few people that have contacted us um literally in the last month or so we've had a couple of people contact us about the the forge channel um asking if they can sponsor us and if they can get involved because they've seen the amount of comments on the videos where people are just begging for more videos and begging for more content um so that was a, a really nice feeling um obviously I've, i i told you guys a little bit uh last week about some of the other stuff that's potentially happening with it as well um and getting that kind of interest and that kind of um appreciation for it is really really nice because like i say it's this isn't something that I'm trained in. It's not something that I know particularly well. Um, I'm just winging it as I go. Um, but getting that kind of um, that kind of recognition for it is, mm -hmm. is super nice. Um, the only trouble is, obviously, I being my own worst critic, I'm constantly going, "Yeah, but it's not that good." And, blah, blah, blah. and we actually, uh, so when when one of the hosts was down uh, last week. As part of it because they hadn't seen the forge channel so they didn't quite know what we were saying when we were referring to stuff so we played them uh i think it was the nail video um and then like parts of the coffee video and just listening to it i was going oh my god i didn't i i knew the audio was bad on it but i didn't realize it was this bad Fuck. um so yeah i think having the the new equipment is is very exciting because it, it's i'm just really looking forward to being able to get the kind of quality that i think those videos kind of deserve mm -hmm. um and kind of getting the the like basically getting to the point where the the um the equipment isn't the limiting factor um so yeah it's good i'm super excited i'm nervous as hell because let's like say it's it's all stuff that i'm not used to i'm uh i think we're gonna have or i'm gonna have maybe a morning uh in the new location to set up and figure things out before we start filming in earnest um which yeah you know, i'm super glad that i at least get that morning because i 
I kind of had to fight to just be able to get that. Um, and we we're going to be doing some on location stuff as well. Um, but yeah, I I'm glad that I've got that little bit of an opportunity because it, it is all new stuff and it's not an environment I'm used to. So I am going to be, I say, I'm kind of going in blind and I'm kind of doing it all on the job, as it were. Um, yeah, which segues wonderfully into <laughs> the topic of uh, what's the topic? Going in blind. Thank you. So, yes, you, you know you, you're you're appreciating the fact, Steve, about going in and having some time to prep and mm. you know um, acclimatize, yeah. acclimatize yourself to a new environment and um, do a bit, bit risk assessment, bit damage control. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> oh shit! You know, there's no plug sockets or something. Yeah. Um, whereas I think my experience this week with the scouts was the flip side of that. It was what the how your attitude or how the opportunities change if you just go in completely blind into something. Yeah. You know, a blind date or, you know, um, we use the analogy that didn't help Brett at all about uh, ready, <laughs> ready, steady cook and the the kind of the mystery bag in ready, steady cook, where it's just, you don't know what you're going to cook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't prepare for it. It's just <laughs> ingredients tipped out in front of you. We, 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 we sorry. Correct. Uh, we did Steve. Yeah. Yeah. As I say, a reference that he might get is the fact that, cause I did it when I sent you up the box of, really bad food yeah you sent me a box of really bad food i had no idea what was in it and i had to make a meal out of what was in the box enjoy yeah enjoy. <laughs> you can taste the bubbles um yeah and there's there's i think there's a part of our brains especially like the creative problem solvers the makers hmm. where that situation is sort of triggers something triggers this like instinctive yeah like um fight or flight response i want i want to i want to i want to just do it without any thought process like yeah. what, what, mm -hmm. what you know what not not autopilot but like it's on the fly problem solving yeah 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 absolutely and i think brett you you picked up a load of that from jimmy from telling the, the, the stories you tell of it but i think mm. we already had it between us as a kind of a skill yeah yeah, I think it was something that I wasn't really aware of when I was younger mm. growing up. And we've talked about it plenty of times. You take apart a toy to figure out either why <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah. why it's not working or you just want to see what the guts are on the inside. That all gets developed into a degree of problem solving. I, I think there are different levels depending on the person and, and kind of like how how apt they are or how much they appreciate the challenge of problem solving. Um I was just going to bring up the idea of like getting into this whole tiny home thing is obviously a huge problem solving challenge for me, right? Every single step of it has been like, I don't know how to do plumbing. Okay. We're going to solve that. I don't know how to do this, but everything I've done is an aspect of making or building. So I don't feel like I lack confidence in being able to put everything together. It's the idea that I have to I walked in blind to this whole situation. You know, once the walls are all pinned up, I don't know what the elect electric looks like behind them or what the plumbing looked like. So obviously it was gutting the walls in there and figuring all of that out. But when it comes to making projects, we often, between the three of us, talk about how, you know, it's the first time we've ever made something or ever tried something. Steve, you, you know, spend so much time like fixing things because they're not up to your standards, right? Or whatever you've developed through uh, the yeah. talents gained at the Forge, 
even when you were hanging the axes the other day and you're just like, nope, those are got to fix the handles again. You know, you've, yeah. you've done it. You've done it before, but everything's a series of problem solving. And although you may not be walking in blind to a project like that, if someone were to present you, say, the knife board, which was how many years old now? Three years? The Wheel of Death? Knife oh, throwing yes, board? yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Like three years ago or whenever that was, like you, you were skilled, but that was a project that was a total shot in the dark and you had yeah, no yeah. idea how all the tensions were going to work and, and the potential energy and the person spinning on it and everything. <laughs> So I love, I love that I've, I've spent a lot of my life engaging with these problem solving moments or this walking in blind, because once you, it's less about what the achieved goal is in the end, you know, uh, project wise, it's more, I get to bank that experience. And I feel like the more experience I gain in that, not necessarily problem solving, but the walking in blind and getting yourself out to the other side is so advantageous to being self-sufficient and more confident and just able to approach larger scope ideas without much intimidation. Yeah. I mean, I think like one of the, one of the things you quickly realize when you kind of force yourself to do that a lot is the fact that generally you, you've always got um, skills you can fall back on, whether or not they're directly related to whatever it is that you're doing. Um, like, uh, an example would be um, today we we're doing a, a slightly different type of um, uh, spatula, um, so it's a, a summer special one. We're doing it; it's been on the cards for ages, but we've just not had time to to make up the prototypes. Um, <clears throat> so I had a few minutes spare today. I said, "Oh, do you want to just chuck those together?" I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." Um, but it was a it was a new product. It was a we, we do the stainless steel spatulas, but I've not really done much with them. I tend to work more with the copper stuff. Um, and Jimmy t tends to prep all the, the stainless stuff. Um, but it, it was just a case of like quickly checking with Joe, like, right. When we do the sta the normal stainless ones, we do them like this, this, and this, right? Yeah. Okay. So for this one, I'm just going to do it like that, but I'm going to change it slightly here. I'm going to do this completely new product, but because I was able to pull in the, um, the ways that we do other things that are slightly similar, it, it wasn't scary. It wasn't intimidating. Mm. Um, and when you realize that you can do that on much larger scales, like when, when we go to uh, festivals and shows, I used to be so like worried and panicked, like, shit, are we going to have this? Are we going to have that? Are we going to have this? You know, I, I would turn up to um, a festival with a fucking suitcases full of stuff ready to go. But I'll always used to just turn up basically not, not really with any kind of plan, not with anything there, just go, go along with like this, this, the normal stuff that we have. Um, but we, we were always able to find a way around it. Like the amount of times that you realize that actually you don't need everything to be perfect every time you can just turn up and you can figure it out. And because we did it so often, it was really easy to do. Um, but the flip side of that is when you're not used to doing that, it can be absolutely nerve wracking. Yeah. So we've, we talked about it before, especially with like, for me, with the electronic stuff, I'm fucking terrified of taking apart or taking on any kind of electronics project because it's not something I'm familiar with, mm -hmm. even though I know that it's just logic. And, you know, if I start doing it, it's, I'm probably going to be fine. I just need mm -hmm. to get over that initial hurdle of actually starting the project sort of thing. 
mm-hmm. but because I don't know enough about it and I don't feel like I have um like intellectually I know that I've got enough like yeah. um related skills that I could make it work but because in my head I'm like oh no I don't I don't have enough um related skills to that particular thing I don't know enough about electronics mm-hmm. it, it becomes terrifying in every kind of electronics project even if I read up on it for weeks beforehand still feels like I'm going in blind because I haven't done it um before mm-hmm. well this is feeding very well into the question I was going to pose to both of you which is like do you think it's just fear of failure that stops most people from taking on those challenges or walking in blind to a situation. It's just fear of failure or like, I've never done this before. Maybe you lack confidence, but the idea of not being able to find your way out of said situation or project stops people at the door because Mm -hmm. they would, they would rather not fail than challenge whatever their, their current situation is. I I think where, taught that you're that you have to be prepared and you have yeah. to you know that knowledge is power and, and and practice makes perfect and and you're you're only an expert or a master if you do the same thing for ten thousand hours and and all this kind of preparation i mean fucking scouts be prepared you know yeah um the, the there's there's yes there's merit in that if you're trying to teach people or pass things on or um maintain consistency mm-hmm but I, working in the sort of the creative industry, I always see consistency as just the, the devil of creativity, right? Because yeah. it's all the same. Um, and Steve, there's absolutely unequivocal importance and merit in being prepared in what you do and making sure everything is right and making sure the stock's all prepared and the right length yeah. and the measurements and temperatures and it's all very kind of calculated, not soulless, but calculated. Yeah. Um, the worry I've got with that is that you um it makes you susceptible to any sort of variations in the status quo so the more you prepare and the more you plan and the more expected everything is the less capable you are of dealing with any sort of unknown circumstances i just very quickly i i I like your point but i will just clarify that 100 and i i think that would be a real worry for us as well but because uh alex is our boss hmm. we have that element of consistent chaos that's constantly <laughs> no, introduced like as well that. i like consistent yeah, chaos. Yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah i love it yeah so unfortunately like as much as we try and and plan and prep it's it's purely just to work around the fact that al is chaos incarnate hmm. i mean there's some there's, there's something about fear brett and totally agree with you and, and stuff like that is daunting and going anyone going into any situation that you're that you're not prepared for yeah is intimidating right um i'm not saying like oh don't be a pussy and you should embrace it and you know because that's that's just frivolous talk but i think there's there's something about expectations like if you go into a situation it's like oh fuck this is not what i expected panic stations yeah you know i i was expecting everything to be set up i was expecting there to be mains voltage i was expecting you know that that's when it becomes dangerous i think yeah I think like that's that's actually a really good point. I think going into it with set, with set expectations mm. is more dangerous than going into it with no expectations and being yeah. completely yes. open to it. Yeah, and not um, not totally blasé, but like if yeah, if, yeah. even if you're optimistic about it or pessimistic about it, yeah, 
expectations are still wrong. <laughs> yeah, and and then, and then being wrong is it, it puts you on the wrong foot, whether yeah. you whether you're positive or it scared you. Um, however, if, if it, it's but it's kind of the ignorance is bliss thing. If you go into something with no idea what you're going to do yeah. or what's going to happen, I think there's huge potential in that, and and it removes the fear. Yeah, and like the because that's the thing is if you if you overanalyze stuff and you're constantly going, oh yeah, but this is going to happen and that's going to happen, and that's going to be a problem. Blah, blah blah blah. Then you just end up you you talk yourself out of a situation before you're in, even into it, or you talk yourself into. A, the situation that is destined to to fail because you're convinced it's going to fail, like me with electronic stuff. I um, but I was talking to a, a friend recently who they were looking at uh, ways of um, kind of expanding what they do and maybe bringing in a bit more income. And I suggested teaching, and I said it's really like in terms of um, effort in to profit out, it's a fucking great one because you can make a lot of money very quickly through teaching, and their kind of argument against it was was not something that I'm familiar with. I don't know how to do it. Mm. It's going to require too much investment, like initial investment, something. I was like, well, n- why? Why is it? You've you've not even decided on what you're going to teach yet. Yeah, yeah. How how do you know that that's going to be like your <laughs> your class could literally be a case of turning up and going right. We're just going to be creative. Everyone bring a random item and we're going to make something. Like it. It's only as it only requires as much investment as you make it have um, but that that's a product of this fear of the unknown is, yeah. is the instant dismissal yeah i can't do it no it's too much investment yeah. you haven't even thought about it <laughs> yeah. or how about fucking just go for it see what happens yeah you know because that's the thing is like worst, worst case doesn't work <laughs> and what, what, I, I what it, i've got a story yeah and and not only that but it means that next time you try something you've got some experience and you're like, okay, well next time I won't do this or yeah. whatever. It's, I mean, it, and I do understand the, the kind of fear of, well, I can't improvise. I can't think on the fly. Y- you can, cause you do it every fucking day. If you're walking down the street and there's roadworks, then you, you know, you figure out that, okay, well I have to go around this way. Or if someone steps out, well, I guess I'm you, not going anywhere you know, today yeah. because there I'm was just going to stay here till I starve to death. Oh, yeah, you you step outside and it's cold. You, you go back in and put a coat on. You don't just what, unless, you're in, don't? <laughs> unless you're up north. Uh, you don't just carry on walking out and fucking get hypothermia. It's too late now. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like you adapt constantly. That our, our entire lives are about adaptation. So it's it's shockingly easy to to change your plans and to adapt. The only thing that stops you doing it is your own head. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that that's an easy thing to overcome because, like again, electronics projects, I can't fucking do them because my head's fucking dumb. But, yeah, it's... But, but this is a skill that I am convinced the more you practice what yeah. we're preaching right now, the easier those decision-making moments will become, like the the way that you can adapt your your capabilities of accepting your own challenges and, and other people's challenges, getting the brown paper bag full of weird ingredients and making something out of them. I like to turn those into a game. Like it's always a challenge to myself. It's that whole video game aspect of like, well, I didn't know what this level was going to be and I just got yes. my butt kicked. Okay, yeah. well, I need to go find- Playing Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, yes. no fucking but, clue. No instructions. Never played the game like that before. 
one of the best no, games I've ever played. But yeah. but this is this is such a huge this is such a huge skill set that I don't think enough people see it as like um a learnable skill. Mm. You know, it's Got like, it. oh you, you're just really good at problem solving. You gotta be more brave. Yeah, yeah, that's what it yeah, sounds whatever. like. Whatever, yeah. like like Steve saying, convincing yourself to just like stop being so allergic to things. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> And and I have to give credit to um, the upbringing that I had, where I, you know, I I would say I worked hard as a as a young lad and was a bit of an overachiever in school. But I ended up getting put into everyone just called it the smart kids class. It was like this special little class full of ten people that were the quote smart kids, and everybody else in there was a bookworm and high test scores and everything like that. And then there was me, who like I did okay numbers wise, but I tested out on a bunch of visual learning and problem solving tests that they give you when you go into it. And because I tested so highly, they were like, you should really be in here. But then I would sit across from the table from the guy who, you know, scored really high in his aptitude tests or, or could memorize books, you know, front to back. Um, but we would have our, my teacher, I've talked about her before on here. Her name was Cooker Ridquist, which I think is an awesome name, but she never liked to say things were hard. They were challenging. And yeah, that's like a super teacher thing to do. You know, like it's not hard. It's not hard. It's challenging. You're being challenged. People do this all day, every day. If it was hard, no one would do it. And she would give us logic problems or like critical thinking problems, stuff that you really had to work out the problem solving. And it was absolutely nothing to do with how good you were at maths or physics <laughs> or reading comprehension. A lot of it was just like, I'm going to pose a problem to you and you need to tell me what the solution of it is. Or it was called Red Herrings. I've talked about it before on here as well. I'm going to bring it up again because the Red Herrings book was my favorite thing to do. And they were like pseudo pseudo crime detective problem solving things. And I always ended up getting them like before everybody <laughs> else did. Cause I asked the right question. You could only ask yes or no questions. And you were only given the data that was like at the scene when the detective showed up. And I think this constant practice, and then obviously like achieving the goal of like, I figured it out. Well, when you're by yourself and you're not in a team, yeah, all that pressure is on you, but I guarantee you, if you do that a couple of times and then the stakes start getting a little bit higher and you continue to achieve and you continue to problem solve and you and you find your way to the solution, you get better. Hmm. And the more often you do it, it's just it's so cyclical. It's why somebody like Jimmy, who I can talk about often, he has zero breaks when it comes to problem solving. Like he doesn't pump the brakes and go, oh, I need to write some stuff out. He just starts cutting cardboard out and starts heating up the glue gun because he'll figure it out. Yeah. And there's a lot of trimming and, and futzing and stuff like that. But watching somebody do that also, in, you know, it instilled that problem solving that maybe I had lacked from doing the desk job for a few years where it was less about solving physical problems and more just like my email's not working. Yeah. But like, I, this, I think, I think that's one of the things that people often forget that the first time you do something doesn't have to be perfect like prototypes aren't perfect prototypes are prototypes you you figure it out on the fly like the the whole point of doing something for the first time or going into a situation where it's unknown is that you're not expected for it to be perfect you're expected to to make mistakes and to to do that stuff on the fly and i think 
that's an important thing to remember is that you don't you don't need to go in being the best at it. It doesn't need to be the greatest experience for everyone involved ever. It just has to be better than nothing. Yeah. Well, thanks society for instilling otherwise. Yeah. Exactly. And, so, and, <laughs> and I think I think that's where people's fears come from. And that's where yeah. people, it's got to be perfect and it's got to be prepared and it's got to be clean. And, you know, coming, coming down the forge and, and cooking, Steve, when we did book launch, yeah, like I had no idea what facilities there were. I had no idea where we were going to prep. There was a fucking power cut. It was a yeah, thunderstorm, yeah. you know, and it's just like, it'll be all right. <laughs> and if it yeah. isn't, we'll go and cook inside or yeah. <laughs> people can have this instead or, yeah. you know, and I think removing that kind of sense of disappointment or frustration from it, which again, easier said than done. It's not like, yeah. stop being frustrated. <laughs> it's like, no, yeah. I can't stop being frustrated. Um, but I mean, you, you were talking earlier, Steve, about kind of the the um, anxiety before doing something. Yeah. So I... For a very long time, I'd never, ever, ever had a job interview. I just used to get jobs by either just turning up and saying, give yeah. me a job, or Same. jobs from other jobs. Yeah. Um, and then my fir- very first in- job interview uh, was the Ready, Steady, Cook Challenge. I went into a kitchen, and I was like, look, I've got loads of fucking experience. Yeah. This is, it's basically, this was working in the canteen at university while I was at university, right? Yeah, yeah. Just bullshit job, you know, fry, cook, yeah, a few salads, sandwiches, that kind of shit. Do it in my sleep. But I went in and there was like, I haven't got a, a, a cooking curriculum vitae I can give you. You know, that's not how, that's not how this industry works. Yeah. Um, and it was like, well, what do you want me to do to prove it? And they literally, there was two of us, and he just got two carrier bags out, dumped them on the thing, and says, cook. Fucking brilliant. And wasn't expecting it. I didn't really think it was going to be a practical test. Um Obviously, didn't have my knives with me, didn't have my chef fights with me. You know, it was just yeah. like civvies. Um, but it was just a buzz. It was enjoyable. I didn't care if I messed up. You know, you always had something to back, fall back on. Yeah. I had a bundle of excuses, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. ready because, you know, it was a surprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think things like the scrap wood challenge that you guys talk about often mm. can definitely help those skills if you're if you're into woodworking or if you're into just the the making world as being your biggest challenge but i think this is way grander scale Mm. you know and we've touched on everything from social to personal and emotional and all these things but i i don't really know how to instill something that doesn't just sound like a generic motivational speaker where it's like challenge yourself I, there has to be something a little bit more tangible than than challenge the status quo or don't let society tell you you need to be perfect all the time or you know what what do you what advice do you give people for I don't know developing these skills better because I do think that the biggest gain out of it is a certain degree of self confidence. Al Al being one of my favorite examples and yes the story's been told a million times but just being in your shop and then doing that one day with soap and we were, you know, changing the shop around and fixing it up and everything. Okay. You just didn't stop. Nothing, nothing was like, Oh, we should really think about that for a minute. And you actually, it, it was helpful for me. Like I was learning about you, but really it was just like, stop overthinking everything. Like if it doesn't work, it's okay. We can fix it. Or I might change it again in the future. And it was less about problem solving and more about, having walked in blind, seeing your shop in videos and then going, right, what can we do with uh, 
the little amount of time that we've got. I feel like we achieved something in that. Yeah. So, so you've you touched on something there, which I've not thought about, but which I really like the sense of permanence. So, yeah. the, so it's not forever. You know that I think that could relieve a lot of anxiety from this situation. And if you're going into something you don't expect, it's like it's only for today or an hour. Yeah. And if you build something you don't like it, you can do it again. <laughs> do you exactly. know what I mean? I think there's so much. We put it on ourselves. We're all it's our own fault. But like oh, it, yeah. it, it has to be nailed. It has to be perfect. I have to get it right. Like I, I try and stress this at work with with the guys. Like coming to a creative review, and everyone gets really anxious. Everyone gets really like, even though they're confident and experienced and talented and stuff, it's like, what's going to happen? What are they going to say? It's like, well, you know what they're going to say. Yeah. And it, regardless of what they say, this ain't the word. You know, it's not, it's not literally carved in stone. We can change it. And even if yeah. it is carved in stone, reflat it, carve yeah. it again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> they make sledgehammers for it. It's fine. Exactly. I mean, I, I'm really glad because I could see like your eyes light up then when when you heard it and i was like i know exactly what he's gonna say because that's exactly what i was gonna say right there you go um but yeah like i i fully agree and i fully endorse that like it's a lot of it is about remembering that this isn't permanent and you know fucking it, it nothing is permanent nothing is unfixable or unchangeable like you can you can go in and if you fuck up you can go all right well try again tomorrow or try again next week or whatever it doesn't it doesn't matter but i think um brett to go back to your question about um how you can help someone to to start doing this without it being some generic like oh you you should try better or fuck it or whatever you can that's the thing it's every single person is going to have different hang-ups different bits all of our brains work in slightly different ways there is no one solution for everyone to go right if you just do this if you just do 30 sit-ups a day you'll have washboard abs or fucking whatever like that that shit doesn't work for everyone like we aren't generic copies of each other we are individuals so you have to treat it as an individual and the only way that you're going to be able to do that is to know a little bit more about yourself and to understand those reasonings why so next time you go into a situation where you're not feeling comfortable you're not prepared and you don't know you're you're paralyzed by this fear of the unknown just take a minute stop sit back and either try and figure out yourself what what actually is it that you're scared of like figure out what the the fear is and describe it write that fear down because if you write that fear down on a bit of paper and you go i'm scared of being of looking silly you're going to look at it and you'll go well that's silly like <laughs> by being scared about being silly, I'm being silly. And it it helps reduce it and it helps um like externalizing it. It makes a massive difference because it, it gives you the opportunity to actually properly look at it. Um mm -hmm. and the other one is to speak to your friends. Like because they're gonna know you better than fucking three random dickheads on a podcast. Like speak to your friends and say, actually, you know what? This year I really, really want to improve this thing about me. Have you guys got any suggestions on on what I can do? Or get together with your friends and have a fucking like have a games night but say that one friend has to organize all the games and come up with a thing and everyone else has to turn up and know nothing about it so one day you could go along and it could be snakes and ladders next day it could be dnd the next time after that it could be fucking going out and playing rounders or cricket or football rounders, or whatever rounders. Oh, skittles, skittles skittles 
Oh. Yes. Sorry. Was... Just quickly on games. Um, WarioWare. <laughs> WarioWare on the Nintendo Wii is a game where you don't know what the level is going to be. They don't know what the game is. So it's not like playing Call of Duty where you're really good at Call of Duty. Yeah. yeah. WarioWare, every single game is just a random stupid game. and You have no idea what the game yeah. is going to be. So there's no there's no preparation or yeah. practice involved in it. And you, and you just have well, to you just have to literally just go uh use my instincts, use my common yeah. sense, you know. Cuz cuz there's a, a bunch of games out that are out now where the each level is just randomly generated. Hmm. So you can't yeah, get good at generation. That level. Yeah. So the Hades that did really well. Yeah. Um Hades is a game that if anybody does have any platform that plays that game, it's hundreds of hours of gameplay if you want to because it just keeps going over and over and deeper um but steve this is reminding me of you mentioned it but it's the idea of changing or the non-permanence like you guys were talking about the when it comes to life in general right we we talk enough about making but when it comes to your personal relationships or your emotional state or whatever it is this whole talk that we're having goes towards that as well and i do think i may not be the prime example but i think all of us all three of us have had a situation where it's like i need to change my life which i feel like is the heaviest walking in blind right starting a new job like moving new relationship uh new employer you know staff changes or whatever it is all of those things are feel so out of control because they're way bigger. If you fuck up a cutting board, chuck it in the fire, make another one. If or if you, you spend, have a child. There you go. <laughs> if you have responsibilities and children or a spouse or a partner or anything like that, and you just go, fuck it, I don't want this anymore. There's a lot more variables that could be created in that situation. Things could go very sour and you could be dealing with some very <laughs> emotional um emotionally impactful moments but it is still possible it's just a bigger hill to climb and as much as it sucks i know i've hit the reset button to go back to the game thing like a half dozen times if not more than that on my life and every single time is like a well we'll figure out the next one and it gets easier every time so going back to i'm gonna say it again not the not the best example of what I'm trying to get at, but I am using myself as the example. Like when I left Vegas, I had no job prospects. I was broke. I had no idea what I was going to do. Silk screen shop. Okay, that led to the next job. Okay, well that was a little bit easier. Oh, well now I'm now I'm going to go to New York. Well, fuck it. Yeah, like immediately, I there was almost no thought process to like I'll figure it out once I get up there. And then quitting that job and going to work for Jimmy and then subsequently coming out here, all of those were easier because I knew I figured it out before and I've dug myself out of depressions and like really dark places and being financially broke and completely unstable. Like, I've done that enough times to where it doesn't intimidate me anymore. Like nothing bugs me. And over the last few months, like I've put the marker on a few times in the last few episodes, it's getting better again. And I'm starting to gain that perspective again and that clarity of like, wait, 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 wait. We've done this before. I've done this before. I can do it again. 
I can figure out this stupid bathroom and electrical and I can figure out what needs to happen with the county. Like these are all just like parts of the puzzle. No big deal. Figure it out. So yeah. I, I love that you bring up the like talk to your friends and and self-analysis because I think that's one of the healthiest things to do is it's a, it can be a dark place and it's very solitary, but self-analysis and self-reflection will help push you through a lot of those challenges. Yeah, I mean, it. so with um, with regards to, especially you said about going, leaving Vegas and the fact that you had no job prospects, you're broke, fuck it, hit reset, it's fine. Um, the the point I kind of wanted to make is it's really fucking easy to do when you've got nothing to lose. Exactly. And you kind of touched on it when, when you talked about um, like family and stuff like that. And I think it's, it's really easy to say, especially when you're someone that's, that's been there and done it, like, fuck it. You, you can quit your job. You can move state. You can move country. It's fine. Yeah. When and then your kids go, wait. <laughs> yeah. When I say when you're a, young single you broke so you know if it all goes wrong you're not in any worse position than you are now that's that's the problem is a lot of people aren't in a position where they have nothing to lose like a lot of people have stuff to lose mm -hmm. and so making those big changes are fucking terrifying and don't get me wrong like i'm fully aware that the best things that have ever happened to me have been way outside of my comfort zone it's when i've gone fuck it and i've i've made these big changes um but not everyone can do that and this, this isn't against uh what you were saying brett but i think for those listening like it's it's important to remember that you don't have to make those huge changes you don't have to be massively outside of your comfort zone you don't have to risk everything to to make a, a big change it can literally just be a case of going and like assisting at a fucking scouts thing or doing whatever like being outside of your comfort zone or going into the unknown, which I think like they're they're very closely interwinked, in, interlinked, interwoven, uh, interlinked. <laughs> um, interlinked. I think like that. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think that's a, re a really important thing to do, and you can do it in in small little stages. And like Brett said, you know, you can. It's a learned thing. You can build up to it, and then you're able to get more on. Fuck you! Yeah, I talk with my hands. I can't help it. Fuck off. No, I'm, I'm signing for you to wrap it up. Oh, I see. Um, well, I thought you had a thing that you wanted to say. Yeah, but then I, I thought, oh no, he's on one of them Steve rolls. Oh no, I was just, I was just, or Steve I was Bar, just depending oh, on. Well, <laughs> here's the derail for everyone. Um, You're welcome. It's not a fucking tea cake, though, is it, Tim? You fucking idiot. Tea cakes have currants in. Um. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. It's you don't have to make huge fucking changes. You can make a small change, and you can step outside of your comfort zone and do little increments and that's that's fine and at the same time if you don't want to that's fine as well you don't have to make a change just because guys on a podcast said oh, make a change it's really good um so yeah like do just fucking do whatever you want because you you listening fucking not me. you <laughs> you know who you are it's you tim it's it's always you oh i see i was Erasmus, but ah oh, fuck yeah <laughs> that's too fair both of you you're not spiffing. People, People that we think that are spiffing. Uh, Al, what's the order? Bars! Bars, which means, Brett, you are first. 
Yeah, so I'll keep this nice and short. Um, if you or anyone you know, especially since we were just talking about having the, uh, if you're a person that has offspring, I'm going to put in the show notes a link to the Red Herring Mysteries, which is the books that uh, the teacher I was referencing earlier used to pose questions from. And they're really fun. It's critical thinking or lateral thinking, however you want to refer to it. And somebody has to be in charge, almost like the DM, you know, asking or, or telling you the story and then answering the questions. Um, so this is more something you could pose to your friends or your kids or your loved ones. Just fun little practicey things to do to help your brain wake up, start thinking critically. And they're called nice. the Red Herring Mysteries. I was only able to find the the grades like four through seven and seven through 12, but I know there's more of them. Yeah. Uh, I'll put links to the stuffs, but if you're someone who likes crossword puzzles and all that kind of shit, you don't necessarily get to do this one by yourself because somebody needs to be in charge of answering the questions, but these are fun. I, I really enjoy these and these are totally from my childhood. And I guarantee it's better than fucking wordle. Um, just also, uh, so one of the things completely unrelated to what you were saying, Brett, but it is to do with you. Um, uh, someone said the other day about the fact that whenever I say Brett on the podcast, I always roll the R's. I cannot do that if I think about doing it. So going back <laughs> to what we were saying earlier on, sometimes going into a situation where you don't know what you're doing is good because you can do things that you didn't know you could do. Because if I try and roll my R's, I just fall over my own tongue. So and that is... Oh, shit. We Al, what about you? Yeah, yeah, I can't roll, Al. Roll. Back to you, too. So I was watching uh, a channel on YouTube called Alpha Phoenix, um, mm. which is not getting spiffed. Uh, oh. I mildly enjoyed this channel, but this is not my channel. Um, but he did mention on his channel another channel called Three Blue, One Brown. All one word. Mm. And that is uh, a kind of a channel that explains physics and maths for want of a better um, description um, in a simple entertaining way uh, with nice little animations, really basic voiceover and just, just kind of Ooh. taking you through fundamental principles. So things like oh. what, what is the essence of calculus? Um, yes. I've watched some of these before. They're fucking brilliant. Yeah. And, and so, you know, ranging from, you know, Laplace transforms and, and sort of fundamental advanced mathematics to interesting things like, you know, in Futurama, um, where he's on about a two-dimensional object casts a one-dimensional shadow and a three-dimensional object casts a two-dimensional yeah. shadow and a four-dimensional object casts a... So he's, he, he looks at things like um, the volumes of shadows and the areas of shadows. And it's just, it's really interesting. It's really accessible. You can kind of take from it what you will. You know, if he starts going on about things that are too complex you can just switch off yeah but just going into that episode and every every episode is a totally different topic so i, I just like the fact that i don't know what it's going to be but you're going to learn something from it even yeah. if you're unprepared or unknowledgeable or it's not Good even link. anything that, yeah it yeah it's almost like we think about our spiffies before <laughs> yeah, right spread them um <laughs> yeah three yeah. blue one brown like uh, out good shout and that's uh Three is in the number three. Correct. Blue, not the as in brown. the cheese three. 
Well, no, as in like typing it, as in letters, yes. spelling three. Yes, correct. It's the, the numerical figure. Um, actually, it's talking of uh, science stuff. Uh, one of the videos I watched earlier in the week was talking about the fact that uh, someone who was working on something completely unrelated um, managed to accidentally create a nano warp bubble. Um, so we have actual proof that uh, warp technology is feasible, um, which I watched a whole video on, and it was incredibly fucking interesting. Uh, although completely, a lot of it went completely over my head, but very fucking cool. And it means that we are in a position where we're actually able to start working on warp technology as a thing that might actually fucking happen, which God, is fucking so awesome. It certainly happened to the cylinder head on the engine I fucking put together at the weekend. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, that is a really good shout. I have subscribed to them and I'm already, I've got like four of their videos open on tabs now that I want to watch when we get off of this. Um, yeah, I've got to watch the odd tinkering arcade controller restoration. That's the one that's up for me right now. <laughs> um, yes. And for me, you ask, well, I want to, well, I, so I had one that I was going to spiff. Uh, already, but I'm actually going to spiff two different things. So I'm going to spiff a, a, a couple and also a film because uh, the film kind of relates to what we were talking about. Um, so the first this one is a lot is, of setup. Yeah, I know. Uh, the first one is um, earlier in the week, uh, like yesterday, um, we had uh, a couple come to the workshop who um, they started a business as a side hustle. Um, and it's developed into a full-time thing. Um, they went into it again, not having a clue about what it actually was. It's just something they had a vague kind of passion about um, and kind of expanded on it from there. And they've learned loads. They've grown as a business. Uh, and that is Tinker and Fix. Um, they have a website. Uh, they have an Instagram. And essentially, they sell tools and equipment. Um, it's loosely based around uh both making fixing and gardening um the, the three that go so well together um and uh yeah they're just they're they're a really fucking nice couple um they sell some really nice stuff uh they came to us because they might be selling some stuff that we or we might be making some stuff for them to sell um but just getting to spend a bit of time with them is really interesting they've got some really nice products on their um website it's very similar to the Froom hardware one that I spiffed mm -hmm. way back in the beginning. Um, but yeah, so if you're looking for some some nice tools, it's not it's not cheap, but at the same time, it's not ridiculously expensive. It's like a few openalls and, and stuff like that. And they've got um, some uh, some of the King Dick um, combination spanners and things like that. Um, but it all started because um, the, the guy that from it, uh, he had a tool roll from his granddad um that was kind of falling apart but he really loved that tool roll so he remade it and then started selling it um and it's called the frank tool roll because it's that's his granddad's name nice. um and yeah so from that they've just expanded on and now they're selling like the tool rolls that they make as well as like carhartt stuff and all knives and other bits like this um and like some of the old like cantilever style toolboxes and nice. things and yeah just some really nice stuff and really nice people. So, you know, if you want to buy some car heart bits or if you want to get some nice tools or something, go and get it from them because 
they're nice rather than getting it from Amazon because Amazon's not as nice. Um, but yeah, so that's them. Uh, the other one, which uh, links into uh, what we're talking about, was um, the fuck you. Uh, <laughs> building, building on what I was saying. Yeah. Um, the Roadrunner, um, the Anthony Bourdain film. Um, it's available on Amazon Prime um, and I imagine other places, uh, but you can rent it for like 350 on Prime. Um, totally worth a watch. Um, very much reminiscent of what we've been talking about. The guy went into like the, the book writing, the filming, the TV show, all unprepared, all went, went in completely blind, no real idea what he was doing and just fucking winged it. And I mean, we've, we've talked about Bourdain on here before. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed the film. It was, it was heavy going at times. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I certainly learned some stuff, but yeah, absolutely fantastic. Really, really, really recommend it. Um, so if, uh, if you have any interest at all in that stuff, which Brett doesn't by the look on his face, uh, I would definitely go and check that out. Um, no, I already pulled the tab up just so I can close it. um but yeah that's it uh is there any other business yes oh yes yes there is um based on today's conversation um i really liked the um challenge that dr multi set yes uh basically doing the kind of one minute video unplanned unscripted do something different challenge I was hoping that some people could get involved and set one another challenges. So someone a brief, totally unexpected, out of the blue, unknown, um, and they've just got to make and do what you say. I like that. That's a very good shout. Obviously simple and keep the budget tight so yeah. it's accessible and inclusive. Um, but pick someone at random from the Fools of Tools group and give them a blind blind bag yeah project fucking brilliant good shout um i'm glad you said that because that was going to be one of my aobs was to to shout out that challenge but i like the fact that you've expanded on it good work um the other bit of aob is everybody's favorite person uh so of make it so fame um years ago five years ago five whole years ago uh worked on a film called chuck Steele: night of the trampires uh and it was kind of her kind of first foray into it and it's how she got to meet a lot of the people in the making community and all of that um but yeah that film is now out and available and everyone should go and watch it and watch the credits just so they can see so's name in the credits (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah so's fucking ace so yeah, that's it for our show. Um, if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al's Shack Shack. Al's Shack Shack. <laughs> uh, if you want to find us as a group, we are Fools with Tools. Um, but yeah, that's it. So until it? next time, Go 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 out and challenge yourself or don't. Fucking do whatever you want. Just be happy. Hug your friends. Hug your dog. Hug your cat if you've got a cat. Actually, don't hug cats. They're vicious. Um, but yeah, we love you. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.
Bye. Bye.